People who skipped their COVID vaccine are at higher risk of traffic accidents, according to a new study. Let me read that again. People who skipped their COVID vaccine are at higher risk of traffic accidents, according to a new study. This is by Aaron Prater from Fortune magazine. I'm assuming Aaron is a woman based on the spelling of her name. And I've never read any articles by her before, but boy, is she good. Is she good at writing salacious articles? Um, This is amazing. Today on Vitality Radio, I am going to read you this article. It's not very long, and I cut out some of the boring parts, but uh, I left all the valuable data in there, if you could call (laughs) I haven't been able to stop laughing since I read this yesterday. If you can call it valuable data, it's in this show. I'm going to read it to you, and I will... uh, Well, (laughs) we'll discuss. Let's put it that way. Vitality Radio, always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful, where we try a lot harder than Aaron Prater and Fortune Magazine did to help you with your health needs as opposed to, I guess, creating satire. I didn't know that Fortune Magazine had shifted from like a regular magazine to a satirical magazine. I need to read more articles and see if they're trying to become the Babylon Bee. I don't know, but we're going to get into that. If you have questions about the other things I'm going to talk about today, you can call us at Vitality Nutrition at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. We have been having a few phone problems. Recently, quote-unquote, upgraded our phone service, and uh, in the attempt to make it easier for you to get through to us, we apparently made it harder for you to get through to us. We are working on that literally today, uh, right after this show, Uh, so maybe it'll be fixed by the time you hear this show in a couple of days. But regardless, that's the number to call. If you don't reach us at that number, or if you just want to chat online, please go to vitalitynutrition.com and open a chat window and you'll get one of either Bridger, my son, or me responding to your message. And we're more than happy to talk to you there. You can always hit me up on Instagram as well, at Vitality Nutrition Bountiful is my most active account. You can find me at, at Vitality Radio also. So this, today's show, before I forget, I need to, before I jump into this fun little rant about this incredible article about how much more at danger I am, apparently, on the road because I chose not to get jabbed. Before I do that, I need to tell you what else I'm going to talk about on the show that will not just be comical, um, maybe some of it will be, but I think will be really, really informative and helpful. I'm actually very excited to deliver today's show. I guess that doesn't sound different than any other week because I'm always excited to deliver the show, but... um, I think it's very topical because Christmas is a week away. Well, Christmas Eve technically is a week away. If you're listening to this, the day it drops, December 17th. And with that, we have what are many, let's say, challenges to our health, potentially. Uh, Some of those are what we choose to eat how much of it we choose to eat, 
Uh, some would consider challenges, uh, one of the challenges to be exposed to more people and therefore more germs. We'll talk about that. Uh, there's also more stress for a lot of people. Everything from trying to get those that last-minute shopping done for the big Christmas dinner or that perfect gift for one of your loved ones or making enough money so you can do what you need to do or want to do for Christmas or maybe overspending at Christmas and causing yourself stress, paying next month's mortgage or meeting with family members that you don't always get along with, that maybe you only see once a year or every other year or something like that, or, 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 or. You get it. There's a lot of stuff that can create stress. And I talked about that with Stuart Tomp on a show um, called The Holiday Survival Kit not too long ago. If you want to go back and listen to that, I'll reference it a little bit in this show. But I'm going to give you a bunch of tips and tricks and things to think about to not just have a healthy holiday season, a.k.a. not get sick, but to have a beneficial, to make this holiday season actually benefit your health and benefit your immune system. That's what we're going to talk about mostly on Vitality Radio. I literally have three rants for you today that are written up and ready to go. I'm not going to get time for all of them, and I'm pretty confident about that. So I think I may do a bonus episode, podcast only, uh, if you are listening on the radio, thank you. Thank you for listening to me on the radio. We are entering our 15th year Vitality Radio on the Jazz Radio Network, and I appreciate your attention and ears and focus over the last 15 years, uh, allowing me to continue to push this show out there. But if you are listening on the radio and you don't typically listen to the podcast, I will do a bonus rant um, within the next several days to fit in whatever I can't fit in in the hour confines I have today. Let's get to the study, the study that shows that people who skipped their COVID vaccine are at higher risk of traffic accidents right now. If you passed on getting the COVID vaccine, you might be a lot more likely to get into a car crash, Aaron Prater says, or at least those are the findings of a new study published this month in the American Journal of Medicine. During the summer of 2021, Canadian researchers examined the encrypted government-held records of more than 11 million adults, 16% of whom hadn't received the COVID vaccine. They found that the unvaccinated people were 72% more likely to be involved in a severe traffic crash in which at least one person was transported to the hospital than those who were vaccinated. That's similar to the increased risk of car crashes for people with sleep apnea, they say. Now, there could be a lot of reasons for this, right? And we do need to talk about relative risk versus absolute risk. It's actually a lot smaller than 72% when you start to look at the numbers. But there was plenty of manipulation of these numbers for sure. And a massive chunk of the information from the study was left out of this article for I would say fairly obvious reasons. Now, she does say, of course, skipping a COVID vaccine does not mean that someone will get into a car crash. Of course. <laughs> because for whatever reason, no matter what you jab into your body, it doesn't generally prevent car accidents. I haven't seen the car accident vaccine. I'm sure it's coming. 
from our good friends at Pfizer or Merck or somewhere. Instead, the authors theorize that people who resist public health recommendations might also neglect basic road safety guidelines. Now, listen. It's been snowing for a day and a half in Bountiful, Utah. That's not true. Two and a half days, I think it is now. I mean, it just keeps snowing. My vehicle was cleaned off yesterday, and now i got to go out and clean at least four or five more inches off of it. There's got to be a foot and a half on the ground. I haven't gone out and measured, but it's 72% more snow than I would like to have on the ground. I can tell you that much. And now I got to drive when I'm done with this, I got to drive out to see my accountant. And then when I'm done going to see my accountant, which means I'm going to be talking about taxes, which means I'm going to have something else to rant about that I won't bring to you on Vitality Radio. Then after that, I have the privilege of going to see my children who will be, um, well, just awesome because they always are. We're going to go out and have some fun tonight. I'm going to have to drive a lot. And as someone who is, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, vaccine-hesitant, we'll say, <laughs> when it comes to these amazing drugs that uh, the FDA has not approved but are under experimental use authorization. Well, I guess I'm at a high risk of dying uh, in an accident, and that is terrifying. Because not only did I not get the jab, but I'll also be driving in inclement weather. And so I guess I'm taking my life into my own hands. But listen, it does say here that according to the authors that they theorize that people who resist public health recommendations might also neglect basic road safety guidelines. I actually believe I'm a pretty darn safe driver as a general rule. I have uh, a uh, relatively limited number of traffic tickets. I've had no traffic accidents ever, and I'm 50. That's pretty good, right? 35 years-ish of uh, a pretty clean driving record, uh, although I have been hesitant about a lot of the things the government tries to shove into my body through the years. But they go on to theorize more things. Why would they ignore the rules of the road, she asks. Well, maybe it's a distrust of government. So let's Let's do this. I'm going to make this personal, okay? I'm going to make it personal. I'm going to talk about me. Because while I am not Canadian, thank God, uh, and live in a country that is significantly less socialist than the Canadian, uh, our Canadian neighbors up north. Now, I like Canadians. Canadians are cool. It's Justin Trudeau and uh, various other uh, elements up there that I'm not so happy with. But uh, I am someone who did not well, as they put it in the article, who skipped the COVID vaccine. Uh, so I'm going to we're going to talk about this as if it's me. They're talking about why would they ignore the rules of the road? She asks, well, distrust of government, check a belief in freedom, check misconceptions of daily risks. I don't even know what that means. Faith in natural protection, Semi-check, I guess. I have faith in a lot of things. I certainly have faith in my natural immune system to protect me. But guess what? I don't have faith that if I drive like a maniac, I won't die. So it's a partial check there. Antipathy towards regulation. Check. I, I don't like regulation. I don't like being told what to do. I like being free. I'm sorry. Poverty? 
not check, thank goodness. I'm doing quite well uh, in that department. I wouldn't say that uh, I don't still think about the need to continue to make income so that I can support myself. In other words, I'm not independently wealthy, uh, but I'm also not, you know, slogging through life uh, paycheck to paycheck as I did for many, many years. But I think I need to stop right there because this is where, well, so many of these theories are absurd, but this is where they're just basically lying and gaslighting. Maybe the people who ignore the rules of the road are doing so because they're poor. You know, these woke media outlets like Fortune and darn near every other media outlet, they claim that they're so concerned about the poor and then they constantly tell us how stupid poor people are. Do you think that the amount of money that you make actually determines whether or not you drive safely. I've seen a lot of dudes out there weaving in and out of traffic in $100,000 cars. I don't think that's a poverty thing. And besides, if it were a poverty thing, the wealthy were far less likely to get vaccinated than the poor. Did you know that? Yeah. Now, that's a whole nother rant for a whole nother day, but it ain't poverty. I think they got that one wrong. Uh, another reason that they theorize that maybe uh, those people who chose not to get vaccinated would also ignore the rules of the road is misinformation. Uh, okay, let's just play along. Let's just say that we were misinformed about the dangers of the so-called safe and effective uh, medicine. And listen... I, like I said, I like freedom. If you chose to get it, that's fine. I chose not to get it. I think that should be fine. I think it's pretty simple because those who got it are, in theory anyway, protected from people like me who believe in misinformation. So let's just say it's misinformation. But this one is hilarious. I mean, this might be the most hilarious thing in the entire article because who is it that's publishing the misinformation <laughs> about ignoring the rules of the road who's out there on youtube and facebook getting banned and censored for publishing information telling people hell with the speed limit drive like a maniac you won't die where's that misinformation coming from they just love that word don't they they love the word misinformation they love it so much they're going to jam it into every article they possibly can, even if it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Now, the next one is a lack of resources. I guess that brings back to poverty. I don't have a computer or Internet or something like that. I don't even know what a lack of resources is, but I also don't know how a lack of resources would make me a bad driver. It would potentially make me a non-driver as I didn't have the resource of a car. And then my favorite, my very most favorite is at the very end, and that is personal beliefs. Yes, because people who didn't get vaccinated in many cases did so for personal beliefs. What are those personal beliefs? I guess it's different for everybody, but I guess that would also be the case with traffic safety. If your personal beliefs are that you should be able to drive however you want and you'll be just fine, 
But how in the world does any of that correlate back to people who don't drive well also being people who chose not to get the COVID vaccine? I don't know the answer to that. Do you know the answer to that? If you've got the answer, I'd love to hear it from you. She goes on. The findings are significant. Significant enough that primary care doctors should consider counseling unvaccinated patients on traffic safety. (laughs) And insurance companies might base changes to insurance policies on vaccination data, the authors suggest. Okay, so now we're going to go into our primary care doctor who, if we're lucky, we get to see for five to seven minutes. And he or she is going to spend some time telling us, now remember... Along with not smoking and exercising, please drive safely. That's going to help? That's going to shift all this for us? Is, is that the case? And insurance companies, yeah. Well, how about the life insurance companies that have paid out more in policies, death policies from sudden adult death syndrome than they ever have in the past? Uh, one company reported 40% higher payouts in 2021. Maybe those insurance companies will change things in a different way. First responders may also consider taking precautions to protect themselves from COVID when responding to traffic crashes, crashes the authors said, as it's more likely the driver is unvaccinated if he's in a traffic accident. Oh, for sure. Because we do know that right now, according to actual statistics that nobody is refuting, 58% of COVID deaths are among the vaccinated at the current time. The findings suggest that unvaccinated adults need to be careful indoors with other people and outside with surrounding traffic. (laughs) Okay, I'll do it. I'll be more careful indoors and more careful outdoors because... You said so? Like I said, this entire article seems like something out of the Babylon Bee. But it's not. This is from Fortune magazine and someone who I think takes herself seriously as an author. There are a few things to consider here, though. First off, nobody can truly correlate these numbers in any kind of a meaningful way. And if they could, it literally would be impossible to prove causation. You, There is not a vaccine that prevents car accidents. I'm sorry, but it's true. What this article is designed to do is throw heavy shade on those who made a choice to not follow public health measures. Why? Well, because every government, perhaps especially the socialists in Canada and their dictator Trudeau, wants every citizen to do exactly as they are told. Which brings me to my next point. This was a study done in Canada, where apparently 84% of those people followed their leaders when it came to choosing to not skip the COVID vaccine. In America, there was a lot closer to 50% of people who chose not to follow their leaders, depending on who you ask, of course, because the numbers range from 50 to 70%, so who knows. But that's a huge difference, and frankly, the outcome of a similar study here in America would be interesting, to say the least. All right, so that's the end of my rant. I, 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 no kidding. I mean, no kidding at all. I found myself thinking back to reading 
this headline and this article no less than five times yesterday and then three or four times this morning as I was prepping and just laughing out loud. This was one of the best comedy articles I've ever read. It was true self-satire in every possible way, and I really don't care how anybody feels about any vaccine. (laughs) The fact that they're trying to convince you that not getting a vaccine makes you more likely to get hurt in a car accident. I think it's comical. Maybe it's devious. You make up your own mind. All right, so now let's move on to the next uh, section. And this is the section that is not for entertainment as much as it is for hopefully your benefit. And this is the section where I get to talk about some ideas that I've got that I will use myself as much as I make time for, because some of them take a little bit of time, to not protect myself this winter uh, during the holiday season and Christmas and New Year's and all that, because I'm not really considering this protection as much as just giving you the best odds of having the healthiest and happiest holiday season that you possibly can have. And let's talk about how to do that. Like I said before, I did talk about this on the stress and anxiety and sleep side on an episode just a few weeks ago with Stuart Tomp. That's episode 277 if you want to check it out. But uh, let's get back to today's topic where I'm not going to discuss that too much, but I will remind you that that holiday survival kit is still available for two more weeks until... January 1st, and well, I think January 1st is Sunday, so I guess it'll be New Year's Eve uh, that that will that deal will expire, where you can get the CBD gummies for calm and the CBD gummies for sleep from CV Sciences, as well as either my vital sleep or my anxiety release formula, your choice, plus a booklet that was written by myself and co-authored by uh, Jen who is my uh, one and only and a fantastic health coach in her own right. The two of us wrote this booklet with the hope that that 10 little pages would be a real help to you in terms of lifestyle tips and things that you can do to improve your health, your stress levels, your sleep while you are experiencing the craziness of the holidays. So that's available, but it's not available on our website. It's only available in store. It's an amazing value because that thing normally runs for 110 bucks, I believe it is. Uh, you get it for $79.99 when you call Vitality directly at 801-292-6662. Okay, let's get down to business with this healthy holiday stuff that I've been talking about. So Let's talk about eating. I don't know if it's like this in every country, but I know it's like this in a lot of countries, and it's certainly like this in the good old U.S. of A., and that is that holidays and food consumption are synonymous. Uh, They, uh, you know, it's like, hey, the holiday's coming, and we're going to eat like crazy, and in many cases, we're going to eat things that are crazy to eat. Um, you know, one example is that there's one time a year in America where eggnog is available. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I don't think eggnog is phenomenal. I love eggnog. But if you look at eggnog, it's very difficult to find one that's not just poison. I mean, it's they all have corn syrup just about. 
Uh, most of them have a variety of other things you do not want. And of course, they're all pasteurized, homogenized dairy, which isn't good for you either. Uh, now, there is such a thing as clean eggnog. There are also some eggnog options out there that are cleaner, I'll say. Uh, but mostly, if you want clean eggnog, you almost have to make it yourself. But that's one that is used a lot during the holiday season that is loaded with sugar and calories and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, we know what happens at Halloween, and we know what happens at Thanksgiving or happened at these holidays, and we know what's going to happen at Christmas. Stockings are stuffed with not sugar plums, but certainly sugar, and we have uh, a lot of stuff that we have to consider when we, can, when we eat at the holidays. This is not a show about how you, sorry, what you should or should not eat at the holidays, but rather how you choose to eat it. I think that is something people don't talk about enough, and I want to talk about it because we have two sides of our central nervous system. We have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And I always, to remind myself of which is which, I always think of a parachute. When you're in fight or flight mode, which is the sympathetic nervous system, there are three main things that we tend to do. We tend to fight, uh, we tend to flight, right? We tend to run away from the problem or hide from the problem, or we tend to freeze, not do anything about the problem, procrastinate because it's too scary, uh, whatever the outcome we're fearing. And then in the rest and digest mode, uh, and the emphasis on digest there, we are in the parasympathetic mode as if we're in a parachute coming down to the earth very, very calmly, being able to see the big picture, everything's going to be okay versus fight or flight plummeting towards the earth without a parachute. So when we're in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is also known as the rest and digest, we are able to literally rest better and digest better because about 90% of the energy and the focus on digestion in the body shuts down when we're in fight or flight. So if you're cruising through the drive-through in order to eat really quickly before you've got to, you know, pick up the kids, do whatever errands you're doing, get to work, whatever it is, you're probably eating that meal, which is probably pretty bad for you anyway, also in fight or flight mode rather than rest and digest mode which is suboptimal to say the least. But let's say you're sitting down to eat and you're in, you have the ability to take a moment. Heck, this even works in the car if you've got to kind of hurry to eat. Take the moment after you place your order and before you get to the window or after you place your order and right after you get your food and you pull off to the side in the parking lot but if you're at home, it's even easier and, of course, better because you're probably eating healthier anyway. And do a little bit of breath work. Because when you breathe correctly and intentionally, you can take yourself directly out of fight or flight and put yourself directly into rest and digest mode. The My favorite way of doing this is really simple. It's something I do every day or, sorry, every time I record this show. Before I actually turn on the recording, I do this. Now what you're hearing is what's called the physiological sigh. It's also known as the straw breath. There's a few other ways that it uh, is taught in a variety of 
places. And it's taught to us, which is kind of funny because it's already built into us. It's innate. Um, you'll, you've seen it where you have a child, let's say, well, let's just pick a five-year-old boy. The five-year-old boy is out there running and playing and skins his knee and runs into you for comfort and a Band-Aid and whatever else. And he's crying. He's hysterical. It hurts so bad. My world's going to end. I can't believe I, this happened. Woe is me. All the things that come from a five-year-old and, frankly, sometimes a 50-year-old. Um when things aren't going our way, or when we are hurt, or when we are scared. And as that little boy is calmed down, what he naturally does is breathe like that. It's two quick breaths in and one long breath out. And I suggest through the nostrils on the way in and through the mouth on the way out, it has been proven that doing this just a few times can take us from fight or flight to rest or digest. And so you can do that in less than a minute. You can do it in less than 30 seconds before you sit down to eat or as you're sitting down to eat. I also highly recommend, highly recommend that you show gratitude for your meal. You know, your mom used to always say there are children starving in Africa. Well, yeah. I mean, if you lived, grew up when I did, we had We Are the World and Hearing Aid and uh, farm aid and all these other places for all these places things that were struggling but it all started with that usa for africa movement at least that's the first one i remember and we were reminded that children were indeed starving in africa and still are but there are children also really struggling in this country and the fact that you aren't and have a meal in front of you even if you don't always have a meal in front of you gratitude for that meal is critical and it doesn't, frankly, matter all that much how you believe in terms of religion or whether you even believe in God. Being grateful for your meal is valuable, period, because gratitude also puts us into a rest and digest mode. But I would suggest, and this is just me, not asking God to bless that your Big Mac will nourish and strengthen your body. Just a thought. Uh what about what you're talking about when you eat? What if you are in the car with somebody else or you're at the dinner table with your family and you are talking about whatever? Choose your topics wisely. If you want to talk about politics, even with someone who agrees with you, it's likely things are going to get a little bit irritable, we'll say. And when we start to feel irritation, we shift right back to fight or flight mode. So choose your topics wisely. Talk about things that are not so stressful at dinner. If you choose to eat while being entertained, listening to the radio, watching the TV, turning on a podcast, choose that wisely too. Maybe skip Fox News or CNN and go for something that's more lighthearted or encouraging or educational but not stressful. Chew your food. Your mother probably also told you this. I think it's innate in mothers to tell their children to slow down and chew their food. Did you know, this is something you may only hear on Vitality Radio, but it's true. It's absolutely true. It's verifiable. I don't think that anybody would disagree with this scientific fact. You only have teeth in your mouth. It's the only place in your whole body that they naturally exist. And therefore, 
we should utilize them before the food goes down the hatch. Now, a lot of people have a lot of ideas on this, chewing each bite 20 times or 30 times or whatever. I think it's more of a conscious thing than it is anything else. And just becoming conscious, and I recommend doing this by counting how many times you chew without necessarily attempting to get to a certain number. Remember that when we're talking, oftentimes we're going to try and get that bite down quicker so we can keep talking. Most of us love to hear ourselves talk. I especially love to hear myself talk. I mean, I do this show twice a week. But uh, the point being that if you're trying to get through the bite so you can get to your next thought, you're unconsciously not chewing your food. So chew your food, think about it, count, see what you're doing, and then do better. If you chew each bite one or two or three more times than you're currently doing, that's one or two or three more bites that your digestive system doesn't have to try and figure out further down the tract. And here's one that I heard that I really like and that I don't often use and I'm trying to get in the habit of. And that is when you're about 75 to 80% full, you know, you're not quite there, but you're thinking, huh, I'm pretty satisfied at this moment. Consider your next bite. Are you doing it because it tastes so darn good or are you doing it because you're still hungry? And maybe consider pushing yourself away from the table for a minute or two, talking, thinking, breathing, and determining if you actually aren't 100% full already, especially if you're concerned about gaining weight during the holidays. And then if you struggle with the food that you're eating, whether it's healthy for you or not so healthy for you, gassiness, bloating, indigestion, if you feel tired after you eat, especially if you eat lunch, and then you're like, holy cow, I could use a nap. Well, then that's a great opportunity to listen to your body and try and figure out what's going on that's making it so difficult for me to digest and assimilate my food. Well, if you're in the age range that I find myself in at 50, or even if you're 35 or older, sometimes even younger than that, you're probably deficient in digestive enzymes and perhaps stomach acid. And I highly recommend if you feel those things after you eat that you look into digestive enzymes with every meal. My favorite basic but very good digestive enzyme is called Assimilate. And it works really well, and I rarely eat a meal without it. Also, apple cider vinegar, which is not bioidentical to the stomach acid that we produce, but is similarly acidic and really, really effective at topping off stomach acid levels so we can digest food more efficiently. And if you get heartburn after your meals or feelings of reflux, you should very seriously consider combining digestive enzymes and apple cider vinegar. You may actually find you don't get heartburn anymore. And if you don't love the idea of drinking apple cider vinegar, well, you're in luck. It comes in capsules. And there's one in particular by Natural Factors that I love that is a very low heat processed apple cider vinegar capsule that works great with your meals. I use it at most meals myself. So eating consciously, I think, has major, major value as we think and consider our meals we're far less likely to eat things that, we, that aren't good for us. We're far less likely to eat too much of anything 
but especially things that aren't good for us. And we're far more likely to be able to actually digest and assimilate the nutrition from our food and create less havoc for the digestive tract, which reduces our overall stress level and enhances our immune function. How about sleep? Now, this is one that I struggle with. I know someone in particular uh, that is constantly, over the last couple of days, saying, you know, you talk about sleep a lot on your podcast, but you're not sleeping. Uh, that's actually me talking to myself sometimes as well. But I have been called out on this from time to time by more than one person. And it's true. I am a night owl by nature, I guess. And I don't know why, but my brain seems to click into high gear in the evening. And also when my phone isn't ringing off the hook, and I don't have appointments on my calendar anymore, I find that I can actually focus on some of the things that I've been wanting to get done. So I tend to stay up a little too late a lot of the time. Well, that's me. Is that you? If you are someone who chooses not to sleep like I am often, then rethink that. Now, some of us struggle with sleep, period. And if you struggle with sleep, period, like you're giving yourself enough time to sleep, but you're not getting the sleep that you need, then look into something to help you sleep. But if you're simply choosing not to sleep, again, consciously think about what you're doing to your body because sleep is critical to every biological process that there is. It's critical to your digestive health. It's critical to your cardiovascular health. It's critical to your blood sugar levels. It's critical to your mental health in massive ways. It is critical to your immune function. It's critical to muscle recovery, and it's even critical to weight loss. Sleep is simply critical. If you want to read up on sleep, check out Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. It's phenomenal, and I suggest it to anybody. If you struggle with sleep, consider vital sleep. Now, that's one of the options in that holiday survival kit that I told you about, and it's what I use. I love vital sleep. I'm completely crazy about this product for a variety of reasons, and one of the reasons is I developed it. (laughs) So full disclosure there. But also it works. It works really well, and some of the feedback I get is just phenomenal, and it works for me as well too. So that's another option. I talked about breath work. There are so many things that you can do with breath work. There's the four, seven, eight technique, which I absolutely love. There's the straw breath or the uh, uh, physiological sigh that I just discussed. Uh, that <sighs> these are both things that are easy to learn. One of them, like I say, is innate. The four, seven, eight takes a little bit more work, but you can look up Dr. Weil, W E I L, online and learn the four, seven, eight technique quite easily. Breath work calms the nerves. It calms the central nervous system. It helps us to gain perspective and focus on the things that we ought to be focused on rather than the stressors in our lives. And if you feel triggered during the holidays, let's just say, for instance, that you are watching the news or you're reading an article and you come across a headline that says something like, uh, people who skip their COVID vaccine are at higher risk of traffic accidents. You know, something like that, just a hypothetical situation. You have two options. You can be triggered. You can get angry. You can post it on Facebook with, 
you know, the cursing emoji or whatever. Or you can laugh. I chose to laugh at this one and then expose it for what it was uh, to my listening audience. And those are a couple of options. But I came up with something yesterday for the first time that I think is pretty easy to remember. And, you know, sometimes these uh, alliterations and analogies and things like that that we use uh, can help us remember things. Well, this one's easy. If you feel triggered, if something is ticking you off, making you sad, whatever, well, guess what? You get to choose if you're ticked off or not. You get to choose if you're sad or not, believe it or not. You get to choose if you're angry or not. You may, the initial response, we oftentimes don't choose, right? It just happens. We get to choose what we do with it. And so if you get triggered or you feel triggered, instead of getting furious, get curious. What does that mean? Well, it means don't just let it turn into anger and do its thing and wreck your day or whatever. Get curious instead about why it triggers you. What is it that's going on inside your brain, maybe deep inside your brain, maybe even in your subconscious mind, that is making you feel angry about this thing? As you choose to do this, to get curious, you learn a lot about yourself. And you also take the time to chill out a bit and kind of work through the thing and ask yourself if it's worth getting worked up over. So curiosity rather than furiosity, probably not a word, curious, not furious. I've talked about gratitude. Showing gratitude is so valuable, not just for your meals, but for everything in your life. And considering even starting a gratitude journal can be extremely beneficial for lowering your stress levels, your cortisol levels, things like that. Now, more to kind of the health-promoting things that are maybe a little less stress-related, although some of them are still stress-related. Ditch the antibacterial soap, the antibacterial spray, the antibacterial wipes, the antibacterial uh, creams and lotions and I'm trying to even think of what they're called. <laughs> I don't use this stuff. The antibacterial, uh, you know, Purell and all that kind of stuff, right? Are they useful sometimes for certain situations? I guess. Do we need them? Not most of the time. Not almost all of the time. The more we kill the bugs around us, the more the bugs get stronger and want to kill us. It's actually common sense if you think about it. Um, you've heard of mutations. Uh, well, yeah, that's that happens. And uh, we're creating antibiotic-resistant bugs and megabugs right now, every single day in this country and around the world, but especially in this country where antibiotics and antibacterials are considered a way of life and need to not be. Uh, as far as fortifying yourself, we are in the winter months, and if you're in Utah like me, and it will not stop snowing, and we haven't seen sunshine in a few days, you're probably low on vitamin D. Consider taking during the winter months vitamin D3, but don't forget to also take vitamin K2 along with it. And especially if you really, really, really want the trifecta of health, it's vitamin D3, vitamin K2, and magnesium, which I just found out thanks to Spotify was my number one show last year, vitamin D3, K2, and magnesium. Go figure. Uh, pretty important show, I guess. And 
of course, vitamin D3 in particular is phenomenal for boosting your immune response against viruses and bacterial infections and things like that. And magnesium is critical to calming you down, keeping you calm and balanced. And it's a great thing for both adults and kids uh, to do to keep your immune system up and your stress levels down. Vitamin C, simple as can be, but one of the best things that you can do as a preventative measure during the cold and flu season as well. Now, let's talk about lifestyle stuff. How about play? It's good for your stress levels to play. Play can trigger the release of endorphins, the body's natural feel-good chemicals. These promote an overall sense of well-being and can temporarily relieve pain even. It improves your brain function, play does. Playing games that challenge your brain, uh, board games, things like chess or puzzles, those types of things, can help prevent memory problems and improve brain function. And that can also help to ward off anxiety and depression. It stimulates your mind and boosts activity. And it can even make you more productive. And play improves your relationships. Laughing and having fun with others can foster empathy, compassion, trust, and intimacy. Developing a playful nature can help you loosen up in stressful situations. Come on, laugh a little, right? Play a little. I'm so excited about this snow because eventually it's going to stop. The sun's going to come out and we're going to go sledding. We're going to go sledding. This old 50-year-old body uh, is going to try and keep up with my 10 and my 14 and my 22 and my 25-year-olds. And we're going to go sledding. And we're going to play. And we're going to play board games. And we're going to play Legos this Christmas. And we're going to play like crazy because play keeps you young. And it is clinically proven to improve your health, to reduce your stress, and improve your immune response. And how about this? Now, this may fly in the face of some of our quote-unquote experts like Dr. Fallacy, but we need hugs. We need physical connection. We need touch. Hugs reduce the stress response. They actually lower cortisol and they increase oxytocin. All you have to do is watch what happens with the little boy who skinned his knee and goes in to get what? Not so much a Band-Aid, but a hug and a kiss from mom or dad. That's what brings on the calm and makes it all right. Hugs have also been shown to increase self-esteem and self-love. Hugs have been indicated in heart health in multiple studies. Hugs improve relationships. Hugs even improve immunity. Those who get and give more hugs get less sick less often. Does any of this seem to counter the idiocy we were sold during COVID? No? Okay, I didn't think so either. A family therapist, Virginia Satir, once said, we need four hugs a day for survival, we need eight hugs a day for maintenance, and we need 12 hugs a day for growth. Nobody knows if there's any science behind those numbers, but that's what she found in her research, I guess. But how many mugs, hugs, how many mugs, how many hugs do we actually need? Well, I think as many as we can actually get. Unfortunately, most Western people, most Americans, especially here in America, in fact, are touch-deprived. Many people live solitary or busy lives with reduced social interaction and touching. Our modern social conventions often push people not to touch others who aren't directly related to them. However, however it seems people could benefit a lot 
from touching others a bit for a bit more. Sorry, this was all written in Healthline, and it was all written, interestingly enough, in 2019. Maybe they should take it down as misinformation now, right? So if you want to feel better about yourself, they continue, reduce your stress, improve communication, and be happier and healthier. It seems like that giving and asking for more hugs is a great place to start. Now, if you feel nervous about seeking out more hugs, start by asking for them from friends friends and family members that are closest to you first, and then branch out from there. And I do recommend not hugging perfect strangers um, unless there's an obvious reason why it would be okay, right? Because, uh, yeah, that can cause problems, but you get it. Science proves that regular hugs with those closest to you, even if brief, can have especially positive effects on your brain and body. And then I want to end with this, and I do have two rants I'm going to have to give you at another time, I guess on a special episode. I don't know. Maybe they can wait till next Wednesday, but maybe they can't. Depends on how triggered I feel. Uh, but I'll get curious and figure it out, and uh, maybe we'll get you an extra episode ne- this uh, next few days. Volunteering to serve serving others. Now, this doesn't have to be at a soup kitchen. It doesn't have to be at a homeless shelter. It certainly can be, and I don't see any problem with that. Uh, But it can be someone that you just know could use a little boost. Because serving and volunteering reduces stress and increases positive, relaxed feelings by releasing dopamine. By spending time in service to others, volunteers actually report feeling a sense of meaning and appreciation, both given and received which can have a stress-reducing effect. Reduced stress further decreases risk of many physical and mental health problems such as heart disease, stroke, depression, anxiety, and general illness. In addition, a longitudinal study of aging found that individuals who volunteer have lower mortality rates than those who do not, even when controlling for age, gender, and physical health. So there are your holiday tips to further give you ideas and information that can help you improve your holiday health, not just in terms of illness, as far as colds and flus, COVID, whatever, but also in terms of mental health and well-being, taking you down enough notches that you don't want to kill anybody this holiday season. You just want to feel and deliver the love. Because after all, isn't that what Christmas is really all about? So, to recap this episode, it turns out that uh, some of the articles that are being written in mainstream publications are actually satire, even though they're not promoted that way. It also turns out that social distancing and staying six feet safe was probably a horrible idea. And by probably, I mean definitely a horrible idea. It also turns out that you can do a lot of things really simply to improve your health. Most of which don't cost you a dime. Hugging, playing, serving. These are things that can make all the difference in the world. Sleeping, breathing, consciously eating. They all matter They all help, and if you're like me, you don't do all of them. But any one of them can improve, and I believe will improve your holiday health 
and the health of your family and friends and loved ones this holiday season. So pick one or two or three and start implementing them. See how you feel. Do one today. Do one at lunch. Do the consciously eating thing at lunch today or dinner. See how you feel. See how it changes. Make adjustments. Fiddle around with it and see what happens. Let your body and your mental well-being be the judge of what works best for you. But more than anything, if you don't feel your optimal best, if you're not feeling ultimate vitality, which is what this show is all about, you have the power to change that. You have the power to take care of yourself in almost every case and to make yourself healthier and happier, which will also make those you love healthier and happier as well this holiday season. Thank you so much for listening to me. My gratitude cup runneth over right now for all of the new people who have found my voice and who actually choose to listen to my voice, whether it be on radio or podcast. If you're listening on the radio and you like what you hear, go tell somebody about the show. But also check out the podcast because it's real easy to share that way. And you can listen to the two shows that I deliver every week instead of just the one. And you can go back and listen and make notes. And in the show description, we link to all the vital things that I talk about. So the best way to listen to this show is indeed in the podcast format. If you have questions about anything you heard, call us 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. And check us out online, vitalitynutrition.com. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.